My name is Deborah. I'm a writer who loves all things money. I'm Hui Yu, and I'm a financial advisor who wants to help you fall in love with money. And you're listening to Good Girls Talk About Money, the monthly podcast where we talk about how you can build a clearer picture of your financial well-being and be more confident about money in general. Hey Hui Yu, how are you? Yes. <laughs> Happy Pride Month to you and oh, to me. And June is Pride Month? Yep, I just found out. Okay, how did you find out? My, uh, okay, so this is my fail gay story. <laughs> it was my my straight client who highlighted to me that June is Pride Month and that's how I found out. I see. Well, talking about Pride Month, I think then this would be a good time for us to talk about Pride Finances. Yep. And when we talk about Pride Finances, um, I think my first, how to say, experience with that term, actually came because you know two years ago you approached me to write an article about pride finances and i was like what is pride finances all about and you know what what is it that makes you know what are some of the financial questions problems you know um gay people tend to tend to face Hmm. in their daily lives and so you know i think let's let's talk about this okay so this is a topic that uh is very very close to me I think about all the time. Firstly, cause I'm gay, and I remember when I first approached you with the topic, you asked me, "What's the difference between uh, finances for planning, planning, financial planning for gay people versus planning for straight people?" And I said it is quite different because, okay, for example, simple example, I can't get married in Singapore. It wouldn't be recognized legally, and and therefore. If I'm below 35, I can't just get married to my partner and want to buy a flat mm. or want to apply for a BTO. It, it simply doesn't apply to us. Mm. Okay? If I want to move out, if I want to have my own place and I'm below 35, I would need to buy either a private property or rent. And those may not be the most uh, viable options to a young person. I guess, okay, renting is a lot cheaper than buying if you're young and you just started work. But... Um, maybe it's a Chinese, maybe it's a Singaporean thing that people, many people still feel that by renting, you are throwing money down the drain because eventually you don't own the place and you're just helping someone pay mortgage. Mm-hmm. That view is changing. There are more people who are happy to rent now, but still there are also many people who prefer to own their own place. And then that brings me to the, the topic of planning for my gay clients. And maybe because I'm gay and I'm out, I have many clients who are gay and they feel comfortable talking to me, knowing that I know what they're going through and what to look out for. So the first thing I think about is, are you out to your family? Mm-hmm. If you are, if you're not, do you want to have your own space? you want to live out? And then can you afford it? If you can't, how many years later do you plan to buy your own place? And then eventually, how do you wish to retire? And retirement, retirement plan is something that I talk about all the time. Especially if um, you are gay, because it's very unlikely for you to have children. Like for me, I don't see myself having children. I can't even get married, so I mean, let alone have children. So, And I want to have a comfortable retirement. I want to be self-sufficient. And therefore, it is very important that I start planning 
now that I'm youngish and um, healthy and still working. Mm. I think the question about gay finances, right? It's also from a long-term perspective, a lot of heterosexual couples, for example, like you mentioned, will have kids and then basically maybe they will factor um, their kids, you know, into their retirement planning. For instance, maybe you hope one day your children will become doctors and lawyers and in that way, maybe you don't have to save up so much because you're hoping that you will have kids who will support you when you're old, right? Um, Whereas for gay people, especially those in Singapore, you're not able to have kids. And I'm not sure, are you able to adopt kids? I think as a single person, you may be able to, but the but the criteria is very stringent. Mm-hmm. Uh, some friends of mine who are straight have researched this, mm-hmm. and they found that if you are single, it's very, very difficult to pass the criteria. Mm. Yeah, so that may not be a very straightforward option for gay people, especially if the the I don't even know what you call them, the body or the, the company or I don't know, the, the organization gets to know that you're gay. Um it may not be deemed as a healthy family or pro family setting mm. that they want to promote uh to their children. Which I think is very, very flawed. Okay, for me right, as a gay person, I don't think it's true that I will naturally become a bad parent just mm. because I'm gay. In fact, I think because I have been through certain difficulties, I if I do have kids, which I don't intend to, but if I do have kids, I will be able to share that, you know, don't judge someone so quickly. Listen first to the stories that uh, they're going through, to the experiences that they've had, and then you may see something from a very different lens. Yeah, I think what I'm trying to understand here, um, obviously, I'm the one who's not so schooled in pride finances, right? Um, really, what are some of the key concerns? Like, I know when we spoke about it for the article two years ago, uh, we talked about how, first of all, unless you are 35 and above, you won't be able to get into the property market, specifically that of the HDB market, right? The resale flat market, which is um, basically government housing, so to say. And if you do want to get into the property market, then it will be private property. Which is pricier. Which is pricier, right? Um, so besides housing, you know, what other aspects of pride finances are usually, is something that is different from, you know, um, heterosexual um, finances, so to say, like, in terms of income, in terms of investment, what other what what other things stand out to you? You know, in when you when you talk to your gay clients, for example. Okay, one of the most uh, glaring differences is that for a heterosexual married couple, it is quite natural that they will have children, mm. or they may have children. They may want to. Whereas for gay couples in Singapore, it is quite unlikely for them. So for a heterosexual couple with kids, they will need to set aside money for education for the children, which adds up to quite a bit of money. Because then it's not just schooling, 
it's the enrichment, it's the tuition, it's the I don't know, there's so many things that kids do nowadays that cost so much money. Mm. Um, so, for gay couples who do not have children, they can save the money that would have gone to the kids' education and the CCAs and enrichment. But, they have to be mindful that the money, if they forget to set aside, will not contribute to retirement. Okay, if I re- rephrase it in a more straightforward manner, they have to be mindful to set it aside so that they can ensure that they can afford to retire without having to rely on the non-existent children. Mm. Okay, because like what you mentioned just now, quite a few heterosexual couples with children in Singapore, they do count on their kids to take care of them when they retire. But... Even when I speak to my, my heterosexual clients, right, who have children, they said they they wouldn't dare to bank on it. It's a bonus if their kids do, mm-hmm. but they would rather be independent and not have to rely on kids. I think because they are the sandwich generation and they have to they have to raise the kids, they have to pay for their parents, so they know how difficult it is and they don't want that to happen to their children. So for Gay couples, you take away the layer of um, having to spend on children. But I'm hoping that, okay, like this is what I do for myself, right? The money that I don't spend on the non-existent kids, I then spend on my own retirement. Mm-hmm. And I have to be prudent about what I do with that money. Because then there's no excuse that, oh, there's this huge leakage because I spend on my kids. Oh, yes, I, I do have pets. But honestly, I don't think it costs as much as children do. I don't send my, my cats to enrichment classes or what have you, right? Language courses. I don't know. I can't, I can't keep up. I think also then we talk about the lifestyle, right? Because now you're saying that you don't have kids and therefore there's a huge chunk of money, you know, that you... Potentially save. Yeah, that you can potentially save, but you can also potentially spend. Yes. Right? And from your experience, right? Are, are gay people more extravagant in their lifestyle spending? You know, because, you know, so many articles that I've read, right, talk about how, you know, a lot of um, gay people, they they really literally live a fabulous life, right? So they really go big or go home. They buy a lot of fashionable stuff. They keep, you know, there, there is a lifestyle that they like to keep to or you know, that kind of thing. So from your experience, is that something that you've noticed amongst your, your, your clients? I think this is a bit uh, difficult to generalize. Okay. Of course, when I, speaking for myself, I don't have kids. Mm. So I have time to um, pay attention to the final things in life. Like previously before COVID, I could go to a theater, I could watch shows, I, which I really love. Mm. Um, Extravagant lifestyle for the gay? I don't think so, you know. I just think that maybe, like I said, without the kids, right? Then we have more time Mm -hmm. to pay attention to what we would rather spend our time doing. And therefore, there is um, more time and maybe more money to spend on the things that we enjoy. Like going for holidays, buying things that we think we we deserve or we want. Okay, so coming from, you know, someone who is really not 
you know, in the circle, right? Financial products don't discriminate. Yep. At least from where I'm seeing it, right? If I'm trying, if somebody is wanting to invest in a tech portfolio, for example, or buy into you know sustainable funds, for example, right? These products they won't say what's your sexual orientation, mm. correct? So from that perspective, then how does pride finances come into this whole picture? Because since no matter what financial products you want to buy, they're not going to say you can't buy it just because you're gay. Mm. So in that case, how does it affect the way people plan their their finances then? Good question. Okay. I like to tell my clients that products are dead. It's really how the the human makes use of the, the product and what your intention is. Okay. So when I plan for my gay clients, of course the products are they won't discriminate like are you gay or are you heterosexual? It makes no difference to the product. But for me, I need to know what my intention is or what my intention for my client is. If the intention is taking care of themselves, okay. A very typical client meeting conversation will be are you out yes no do you have a partner yes no and if you do have a partner do you want to be a liability to your partner when you are critically ill and it's likely that the answer will be no because why why would i do that to my loved one okay Mm -hmm. so then my question will be have you covered yourself sufficiently for critical illness or anything major and my keyword here is sufficiently. I don't believe in over coverage because then it's just wasting money. Mm. Money that, that could have gone into investments to generate higher returns. But the first thing that I want to take care of is that when we are ill, I do not have to put my partner in a worse off situation by having to pay for my, my medical expenses or something like that. Okay? And also, I have to take into consideration the possibility that when I'm critically ill, I likely have to quit my job. And someone may also have to take care of me, be it my partner or my, I don't know, my mother or someone. Okay? And then, have I factored in the lost income of that person? And I realize the lost income of another person, of the carer, most people will forget to factor mm-hmm. in. Okay? Because it's very likely that you just think about yourself and your own expenses. Then after that, the question will be, okay, assuming that you have been healthy your entire life and now you are ready to welcome retirement, have you set aside enough money for your retirement? And if answer is yes, good for you. If the answer is no, then what products can I mix and match to ensure that your, your retirement is foolproof? That even in the face of a, of a financial meltdown, like what we experienced last year, you can still retire and not have to scramble to get back into the workforce. Then I will come to the product mix, which can get a bit more technical, but it's very likely that I will still use the available products out there in Singapore. And we and in Singapore we have the good fortune of having a very robust uh, set of products that I can tap into. And they are all I would say because they're regulated by MAS. Mm. So most of these products are safe. But then again, there have been scams and I have had friends who who have fallen prey to these scams. You just have to be very careful. Something struck you know, something sort of stood out when you um talked about 
planning for the long term and not wanting to be a liability to your loved ones, right? I think, you know, in Singapore, because gay couples aren't allowed to marry each other yet, Mm. from my perspective, at least, uh, you know, it feels like there is no longevity. There is a potential that the relationship may not last. Mm. And also, you know, it does also feel like because you're not married to each other, the inclination to plan a future together is also a lot lower. And if you compare that to like heterosexual couples who are legally tied to each other, so to say, right? So I would think that when a married couple comes to you for financial advice, they are kind of in that mindset that, you know what? We are going to do this together. We're going to plan our lives together. And 50 years later, when we retire, we will go onto a cruise ship together and sail off into the sunset and enjoy our retirement years together, right? This is not to say that, you know, heterosexual couples are guaranteed to sail into the sunset and live happily ever after. I mean, divorces are a reality of life. But would you say that the fact that you can't marry your partner, you know, is is kind of like a factor we must consider when you talk when we talk about planning our retirement because there is no guarantee that the person you're with is really going to be with you therefore i mean yes for heterosexual couple it's the same thing but the fact that you can't marry each other that the absence of a legal bond is that a factor okay uh wow this is a very heavy question Uh, it's a very serious question in fact even when I talk to my heterosexual married clients I okay it depends on whether I'm seeing them together or separately for the Mm. session if I'm seeing them separately I I always remind them to be how do I put this wary of each other (laughs) (laughs) not exactly but just not take things for granted I think in, in today's society, it's impossible to take. Okay, let's just say that nothing is guaranteed anymore. These days, people are educated, they have jobs, they have mobility. And should the relationship not work out, I guess people feel more comfortable splitting up, mm. even if they are married. It just comes down to the division of assets, which is the pain and mm. which is costly to do. So I guess that's why it is harder for married couples to get a divorce because there's so much money involved just splitting up. Whereas if I'm not married legally, if I split up, I split up. I don't have to pay the lawyer. I don't have to, you know, talk about like how much of my assets go to who, which is good and bad in itself. Okay, coming back to your original question. If I'm talking to a straight married couple, I will ask them to still be careful and just set aside some contingency fund for themselves. It's up to them whether they want to disclose this to their partner, mm-hmm. to their spouse. Okay, but uh, still retain independence, at least financial independence. And that's what my mom taught me because she wasn't in a position of financial independence. She quit her job to take care of my brother when he was born and it just put her in a very compromised position and she, she she felt that she had no voice when when she was unhappy and she had no strength 
to walk away. And I don't want that to happen to any of my clients or especially any of my female clients, straight or gay. So when it comes to, to this topic, right, I would, I would veer it more towards my female clients mm-hmm. and urge that they retain independence, financial independence, regardless of whether they are single or in a relationship. allowed to tap into your partner's medisafe say for instance you know when because you guys are not married in the eyes of the law right um say for instance if next time you do touch wood fall ill and you don't have enough in your medisafe are you allowed to tap into your partner's medisafe even though you are not legally related to each other i don't think so i don't think so um in fact okay Let's just talk about using MediSafe. There are some insurance products that you can pay using MediSafe, like your, um, what's that, for your MediShield, your individual shoe plans. But I can only use MediSafe to either pay for myself or my parents or, you know, someone legally related to me. Mm. I can't use it to pay for my, my girlfriend's policy. Yeah. Even if I wish to, and I explicitly instruct CPF for I can't. I mean, it's just not allowed. So, to uh, sidestep this issue, I think the best thing that you can do for yourself or your partner is just to be sufficiently insured. Then you don't have to worry like, okay, what if I run out of money in my medisafe and I'm hospitalized and where's the money going to come from and I exhaust my own medisafe. Which is why I tell my girlfriend, if anything happens to me, please don't break up with me because I am sufficiently insured. You will not have to touch your own savings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that is one of the how to say, downside of pride finances in Singapore. You know, that the fact that you're not legally bonded to your partner, there is a lot of these, like, you can't get a flat together. Mm. If something should happen, you can't tap into the other person's medisafe, you know. But I remember when I interviewed you about this topic two years ago, we also talked about how, yes, getting a flat may not be possible but say for instance if you and your partner decides to get a condo together Mm. right and unfortunately a few years into paying for the mortgage paying the bills or whatsoever you know when you're in love you don't keep track of who pays for what Mm. but when that relationship dies and you decide to part ways that you know coming you know when it comes to splitting that property things do get messy, wouldn't it? Yes. I mean, right now I'm just doing some reflection and you say the last time we, we wrote the article was two years ago, right? Mm. It almost feels like nothing much has changed in two years. Fast forward two years, right? People below 35, gay people below 35, still can't get a flat with their partner. It's still, mm. still, I mean, and we're in 2021. Yeah. It feels like, it almost feels like I, I'm impatient for progress to come a bit faster and I truly hope that there are some positive changes that I can see in my lifetime Mm. but okay coming back to your question I think whether you're gay or straight and you buy property together when things are rosy Mm. and then split up when things are sour there will be unhappiness when it comes to splitting assets yeah Um, especially something so expensive like a house 
And then potential pitfalls that I saw, right, are like petty arguments over like, oh, you know, but I paid for the maintenance, but then I paid for the groceries, and then... I always take the dog out for walks. Exactly, and then you never do the dishes. Yeah. So all these things that you can't really put a price tag to. Mm. That's why for people, especially non-married couples, gay or straight, my advice is to keep the numbers on money very, very clear. If need be, write it down. Okay. I mean, this, this is going to sound very, uh, I don't know, harsh or... But still, I think it's so much easier to, to talk about these topics when both parties are feeling rational mm. than when you are shouting at each other and trying to kill each other and wanting to move on with the next partner. So, things like, okay, who paid what percent of the down payment and how much, what is the split for the mortgage? And then who takes care of the groceries? Who pays for the utilities? Who pays for the... Uh, uh, what else is that? What else is that? Groceries, utilities. Dog, food, uh, vet dog visits. Food, vet, vet visits. <laughs> okay, who does the, the uh, chores? Who does the housework? Or do you want to pay someone to come in? All these things can be worked out if you have an agreement in the beginning. It all boils down to communication. Mm. Just talk about it in the beginning. Yeah. To avoid these arguments that can be avoided. How about insurance? Is there any specific you know, do when when let's say we want to buy insurance, does the insurance agent actually have to ask the client, are you gay in Singapore? This is a bit sensitive. Because some people may not be out. Mm. Many people are still not out or may not be comfortable coming out. Mm. And if they are not comfortable and the advisor asks, it can be very offensive. So I would say, okay, like for me and my clients, maybe it helps that I already look very gay. And the people who refer them or refer me to them, right? they know that I'm gay and they, pro- they possibly make the link. Mm. So sometimes they tell me, um, I have friends who are gay, but they can't find someone they're comfortable discussing these issues with. Can I get them to call you? I say, of course. So I, I guess it's, it's better when, or rather it's easier for me when my clients already know that I'm gay and I, I kind of get their background already. Of course, there will be specifics that I wouldn't know, like their family or like how much they're earning or these things, right? But I'm just guessing maybe it helps them feel more comfortable knowing that I'm gay and therefore it's just slightly easier to connect with me knowing that we share certain common issues so let's say for instance somebody's out Mm. and they want to buy insurance a life insurance policy for example right not to sound insensitive but do we ask them to pay a higher premium because of this, you know, their lifestyle, for example? Not at all. Okay. In fact, um, okay, the the pricing for insurance, right, is is uh, based on your age, mm-hmm. age of entry, and your health. And for all you know, there are many gay people who are very, very healthy, who work out excessively, who have very nice bodies. I mean, <laughs> I'm just stereotyping once again. Um, but yeah. <laughs> then these people are very healthy people. Yeah. They will not be required to pay a premium. Mm. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, is there anything else that I 
that you want to add with regards to pride finances or have I missed out anything that you feel like we need to talk about? I think, okay, to give um, Deb's credit, right? <laughs> For a, a straight person, she, she takes the time to understand or to, and to ask me questions and um, I am very proud to have friends like her who I know are supportive and I hope for the people out there who um, are either not out yet or don't really have your support network, mm. you can find friends as well who are supportive of you because there will be and there are. Yep. And if I were to say my last words for this episode, mm. it will be to always retain financial independence for yourself and if possible, encourage your partner to do yep. so as well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like a really heavy episode, but I've learned so much. Yeah, I think sometimes from a straight person's perspective, right? It's like, you know, when you first asked me to write the article, my, my thing is, but financial products don't discriminate, you know? And I think a lot of the issues that um, gay, gay couples might face, you know, could be things when it comes to the division of assets, for example, when things don't go so well and you want to break up. Um, when you grow old and one of you unfortunately fall ill and need to tap into savings that are not yours, you can't tap into your partner's savings and Medisafe, for example, right? Um, yeah, and I think that's the heartbreaking thing because I think a lot more of us are going to be without kids, you know, but those of us who are married or, you know, have a kind of like a legal arrangement with somebody where, you know, that person is morally obliged to take care of us, we can, you know, they, they can use their CPF to pay for our medical bills. But unfortunately, that can't be the case for, for gay couples at this moment, yep. right? And for younger gay um, people who are ambitious and they want to sort of get into the property market, you know, if you're not... 35 and above, the only option is private property, right? Actually, that's actually that's the only option for straight straight people below the age of 35 as well, as well yeah. right? Single straight people below the age of 35. But, you know, if they ever want to get a home of their own um, in the HDB market, then, yeah, you, you, have the, you have to get married and apply for an HDB that way. So, you know, there's so many questions we... We may not have answered. So if you have a specific question about pride finances, how how you know where we can help you with your finances, please feel free to drop us an email at goodgirlstalkaboutmoney at gmail.com. I'll be happy to hear from you. And until we see each other for the next episode, happy Pride Month. Bye. Bye. Bye.